You there, mate? Yeah, mate, I'm here. Talk to me, mate. What'd you think? Oh, it was... Yeah, I don't think it was that bad of a performance. I, I thought um, I thought uh, West Coast obviously probably scored the ball at ease. Uh, scored, yeah. scored goals at ease, rather, should I say. But, you know, I thought we were competitive. Um, but just ultimately not, not good enough and um, a, a great reminder of where we want to be as a football club. And I, I don't think we're ultimately that far behind, uh, especially when you look at the personnel that we missed yesterday and that you know, comes into our team. Um, I'm still satisfied. I didn't, I didn't watch the game at all yesterday and think to myself, well, here we go again or this is a disgrace. I, I, thought, we were, um, I thought we were good enough, just, just not for long enough, that's all. Yeah, I, bro, I think the way that West Coast moved the ball is elite, like on another level of elite. Um, I left that game thinking about, okay, that's exactly what we've got to learn to do next because we've kind of learned how to get the ball forward and we've learned, in a sense, maybe not learned, but we've been good at it, better at it in terms of locking it in our forward half. Next step for us is the way we move the ball around the ground, man. West Coast used that 45-degree angle kick so well, man. They come, We use the boundary a lot, and when things sort of don't go our way, it looks like our options are either, all right, switch the ball or just go kick it long down the line, and that doesn't get the job done against the top four sides. So when we start looking into that 45-degree angle kick, which opens the ground up, um, I think that's where we go to our next level. But, yeah, you're right, man. Four goals against West Coast. They're, 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 in, they're in ripping form too, man. They're looking good. Yeah, and the other thing too, um, you just mentioned, but um, it, it was more the one thing that opened my eyes. A couple of things, you know. I, I think, obviously, we need to work on our defensive structure in terms of when we lose the ball and making sure we're in the right position and, and whatnot because West Coast sort of just cut through us pretty easy, especially going through the middle of the ground, you know, and there was a lot of space for them. So mm-hmm. it's how we've got to set up without the ball on that, on that quick turnover. And that's, that's what footy's all about these days, turnovers, scoring from turnovers. So uh, I didn't think we handled that as well. And especially in our defensive half when the ball came to ground, I just felt like they got a few easy soft goals that we, we probably learned we probably learned a little bit from yesterday to to try and prepare ourselves better moving forward because you know Luke Shuey got a soft one they just had a couple of really soft goals which is probably the only you know de- detriment of of that performance. Oh yeah, I mean they're they're just efficient, bro. They're Very efficient. efficient going forward with the ball. Basically, every time they had clean possession moving forward with ball in hand, I was thinking to myself, well, well, this will either be a score. Or a shot on goal, like they just such was the way the game went. They move quick. Um, they've got unbelievable small forwards who just, just, just the way they cover the ground, the way they unbelievable. Oh they? my god, man! And that, and that was, I think you asked me during the week, like what was you know, and that I think that was what I said to you was their small forward line, you know, just having those all those smalls, Liam Rial, uh, Liam Ryan, Willie Rioli, Jared Cameron, you know, they're just all there. They're all ready to go. Yeah, man. Yeah, no, it's uh, they're super. I, like I said last week, bro. If you ask me to pick one team for the to make the grand final, West Coast. That's me. That's that's me, bro. That's them. That's yeah. them right there. They're they're making that granny. Lock that in. Very, very good team, aren't they? Very yeah. good team, especially when they're up and about. Um, yeah. Very 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 solid. Um, the other thing was, I just thought we lacked a little bit of pressure early in the game too. I thought our pressure wasn't there. They were just sort of strolling around with the ball. You know, I, I watched the Fremantle Geelong game. I don't know if you've seen that on Saturday at all. But for me, what won that game was just Fremantle's pressure. Like, how 
manic they were in, in terms of putting pressure on. Mm-hmm. You know, that's one thing of playing under Ross Lyon or have a, have a Ross Lyon coach team is that's one thing you're going to bring in. If, if we if we could turn ourselves into a pressure team, somewhat like what Fremantle did on the week, we would be an amazing football team. We yep. would be an amazing football team. But we're you know we're only seven eight weeks into this whole you know rejuvenation if you want to call it. We've mm-hmm. got a long way to go, and I think. As supporters, all we want to see is improvement, which is what we've been crying out for since the start of the year. And under David Teague, we've seen that steady improvement week by week. I actually thought yesterday was the perfect result, and we absolutely needed it. Like we we needed yeah. we needed that to happen. We needed to play the best. Um, and I, what I loved is that we didn't just let it blow out. You know, there were there were times there where it could have really got to ten, eleven goals, but yeah, for sure. You know, and we didn't let West Coast. Just take the percentage that they were obviously after because they're obviously, you know, when you're in that top four bracket, um, percentage counts for so much. So the fact that we didn't let them have that on uh, on the other top four. Good morning to the Kookaburras, mate. <laughs> well, it's afternoon here, mate. But oh. They're around all day, every day. That's the thing, really. Oh, right, right. <laughs> it's good, mate. It's good, it's good. But um, so... I think what I also learned is when you do play these top four teams, like when we played Sydney... Uh, Fremantle, Adelaide and the like, you know, they didn't put us to the sword. Um, the top four sides will. So you you can bring the effort, no worries. But if you aren't clinical with the way you move the ball, you don't win these games. Fact. Yep, yep. And that's the challenge for for Richmond this week. We can bring the pressure, we can make it a, a, an arm wrestle, but at the end of the day, the cream rises to the top and we've just got to be a lot more clinical with ball in hand moving forward. And um, that's what I'm looking forward to this week. Yeah, but they're probably a similar team like West Coast Richmond in a way with, you know, I think they are pretty efficient going forward. And they're, and they're another team that have a lot of small crumbing forwards who are dangerous when the ball hits the ground. So it's going to be another test, you know. It's going to be another test. I, I, I think they're not as uh, equipped in the midfield compared to West Coast. They've just got so many good players like mm. Elliot Yo, Gaff. Oh, my Shui, God. Elliot Yo. Oh it just doesn't. It just doesn't end with them, you know what I mean? Well, I think Richmond, you can sort of get them, at, get them, get at them rather mm-hmm. a little bit better than a little bit more than what West Coast. You know, they're not going to have Cochin this week. They're going to bust them up, but they've got the blokes like Kane Lambert, Jaden, you know, Jaden Short. These other guys, not as not as talented as like West Coast are. So I think if if Murph Walsh Crips continue on the way they're going, I think uh, I think we can give them, especially at the G, give them a bit more of a a test um, compared to to West Coast yesterday. Yeah. Um, can we talk about Sam Walsh for a sec? <laughs> Seem to be talking about him every week. <laughs> I fucking love him, bro. What I is this? Him, what, what is this, I mate? I love him, bro. I oh, love him. Oh, my God. I love him, mate. I love him so much. He's such a fucking player. <laughs> such a player. There's... um. There comes a time, and I, I remember I remember Mark Murphy, even Mark Murphy or Bryce Gibbs, I remember all, all these, you know, midfield guns that you draft early in, in the draft. And I, I remember with all of them, they all had like their moment yeah. Um, where it was like, oh, hang on. This is the moment where he's arrived to the competition. And there's always one. I think Murph had a really good goal against, um, it was against Sydney in the elimination final where he shrugged off Ryan O'Keefe and kicked it on his left. And it was like, wow. Um, yeah. I just felt like that goal with Sam Walsh because he had the 12 touches in the quarter and kicks the goal. And I was like, the composure, the steady, the confidence, the finish. The the finish. finish. 
That's Dustin Martin, bro. That, that's that's Fife. That's Bontepelli. That's Dangerfield. That's what that is. It was elite, wasn't it, yesterday, bro? Then the double-fisted celebration just got me off the couch yesterday. Gee up, mate. <laughs> it got me off the couch yesterday, bro. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to be a superstar, absolute superstar of the competition. And I don't think people really know how to grade him, you know what I mean? Because they're just so wow with what they've seen. Like, I don't, the, the ceiling for him is just... The sky's the limit, mate. The sky is the limit, literally. Yeah, yeah. He he could be the. I mean, it, well, it's the best first year in the history of the game. It has has to be. Yeah, I can't. I, I've never seen anyone produce what he's producing their first. I year, think mate. I saw. I think I saw someone write a comment in the forum saying that John Coleman kicked a hundred in his first seat. I don't know if that's true. I, I'm a little bit obviously too young for it. He kicked a lot of goals, John Coleman, obviously. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously, if he's kicked 100 in his first season, that would be the one. But, anyway, we're talking the best rookie in, in 50 years. And if you're even in the conversation with Coleman, um, <laughs> you know, there's, there goes to say something. Yeah, we know we're going to be all right with uh, Patrick Cripps and Sam Walsh, mate, leading the line for the next, you know, however long. Do we really, decide? really need to go and get Cornelio? No. We don't. We really don't. We, don't. we just need. We just need. We just need a player who can just fill up, fill a hole, and do, and do the role. We don't really need that. We don't really need that superstar player. I, I don't think so. I'd rather invest that into a small forward. Really. Yep. Um, we know our defensive stocks. You know, we had a lot of defensive stocks missing yesterday. Three of our, three of our starters in our back six. You know, and then you're coming up against the likes of Josh Kennedy, who was well held, but Josh Darling. They got Oscar Allen. You know, they got a lot of tall timber down there. So. We still we still combated well yesterday, mate. I thought we still did well enough for what we had, you know. And you put those players who are missing in our team back in our team starting starting twenty two, and it's a whole different ball game. The one thing I loved about yesterday, if I had to sum it up in one sort of passage, is we punched them. We punched them in the mouth early in the game. We forced yeah. them. We forced them to say, "Right, we've got to put these guys away." Yeah. That's all you can ask for when you play West Coast, Richmond, and Geelong. Force... And, the, and the only knock on that would probably be how easy they did it. Yes. Yep. That's the only knock. But that's not. That's not a. It's not nothing to be super super worried about. Like mm-hmm. we'll, we'll learn from yesterday, no doubt. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred yeah, percent. Hundred percent. So yeah, you know, we move on. Tiggies this week. I'm happy that we lost in the sense against the West Coast Eagles because then it's all right. You know that what you know what training is going to be about today or this week. Training's yeah. going to be about hey, we know what Richmond do. They play the long. They play the. They're not as I wouldn't call them as structured as the Eagles in the way they move the ball. That they're not as efficient. Yeah, I agree. If we, they're obviously they bring the pressure now. Um, you know, young Angus Shoemaker got a real lesson in how quick the game is at the AFL level yesterday. Well, I, thought it, I still thought he did a couple of nice things, man. I didn't yeah, think it was that bad. Yeah. I, 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 I thought he was okay. Yeah. Like, first game thrown in the deep end. Yeah, yeah. for sure. But the, my point is, we know Richmond are going to bring the heat in their forward 50 and our, yeah. you know, our back 50. So we've got to be able to cut them up, um, cut them up going down the ground. Now, they don't have the Alex Rance there. So maybe the long kick that we were trying last yesterday will work a little bit better against the Richmond footy club. But I'm still thinking we've got to learn how to cut sides up with, you know, with, with, by foot. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And the other thing too, yesterday, you know, with not having McGovern out there and Charlie out there, you know, we sort of let Jeremy McGovern run his own race, you know, and mm-hmm. if we had those tall timbers down there to make him a bit more accountable, it might've been a bit different for us going forward. It's probably, you know, pretty easy for them to, to nullify 
even though Harry McKay, Harry McKay played well, but it's a bit easier when there's only one real tall goal threat, you know, like Matt Kenny didn't have much of an impact. Yeah. But you put Charlie and, and Mitch back in that side, if he gets back to his form, it's just a whole different prospect. So one thing, or another thing I learned yesterday was Harry's our centre-half forward. He's not our full forward. Yep. I think when Charlie's in the side, lock it in. And you've, you've said this a bit, but I think Charlie's our full forward. And I think Harry's our centre-half forward. His work up the ground's really good. Yeah, he has that ability to work over his opponent, doesn't he? Yeah, really good up the ground. I really... And he's mar- mar- the thing is, like, what he's done so well this year, obviously, is his contested marking, which is why he can obviously be a bit versatile and play that bit deeper down forward. But obviously, Charlie's just more dynamic if he's one out in the goal square. Like yes. He's, he's going to be so much more of a concern than what probably H is. Yeah, because yeah, when the ball's on the ground, Harry's okay on the ground, but Charlie's... Charlie's, you know, Charlie's something else on the when the ball's on the ground, you know. Yeah, fucking oath. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, Mitch McGovern looks like he's trimmed down a bit. Yeah, I've seen photos. Yeah. He has looked like he has trimmed down. He'll be right, mate. I've got, I've got absolute faith. Yeah, so do I. So do I. I really love the interview that uh, Jeremy McGovern did when they spoke about uh, his brother, and he was really honest, and he was talking about how Mitch doesn't feel like he's been hard done by. This is what he deserved. He'll cop his whack and. I think it was the, the preseason of 2014. Jeremy McGovern himself came back out to – he arrived at preseason out of shape as well. And that was his, you know, quote-unquote penny drop moment. So, hopefully, this is what we get with Mitch. He's just got so much to offer. He's upside. He's upside. He's, and if he – if we, you know, for you, what does the best version of Mitch McGovern look like at Carlton for it's you? It's hard to say, mate. It's a very, very good question because we're still yet to have – a consistency of that forward line of Mitch, Charlie and Harry to see how it's going to operate. You know, I don't reckon they've played more than five games together. All three of them. Yeah, together. They wouldn't have, they'd be lucky to have played more than five to 10 games. Lucky to, well, Charlie's only played seven or eight this year. So, and then obviously Harry's missed a couple of games. uh, Mitch has missed a couple of games. So I don't think they've played a lot of football together. So, Whoever the coach may be, hopefully Tiki. Um, that's 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 the task that's going to be set to see how it's going to work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, uh, I'm not I'm not too sure what it looks like at the moment for for, for Mitch McGovern. Yeah, uh, all I want to see is obviously him be um, competing, uh, the ball in the air and kicking goals. That's that's how I look at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. good call, good call. What um, just 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 turning back to Richmond, um, what? Where are they at for you, and where can they be exploited? Very tough, mate. Very tough. Who did they play on the weekend, Richard? They played they Melbourne. Played, they played Melbourne. I think Melbourne. I watched that game. I think Melbourne's um, when they sort of got, I wouldn't say the better of Richmond, but when they were quite competitive in that game early, they seemed to be moving the ball quite quickly, with not and not giving uh, Richmond the ability to sort of have their defence set. Um, because obviously, if you can move the ball quickly and they're not in position, defenders are shuffling around and out of position, and it gives your forwards the best chance. So it's going to be how we deliver. The, if, we, if we want to score against them, it's going to be how we deliver the ball uh, inside 50 going forward. So um, like you said, you know, we know what Richmond's got to do. And if we're training for that this week, we should see you know an improvement on on yesterday at moving the ball going forward. Hopefully, we get Liam Jones back. You know, because we, we're going to need we're going to need him this week. Uh, Tom Leach and Jack Rewalds. You know, obviously, Jacob was very good yesterday, so we're now just going to oh. get Liam Jones back into the side. And if we can contain them too, you know, because they're fucking dangerous players, man. Very we, dangerous yeah. players. Look, let's, uh, let's have a look at Jacob. So much, uh, so much happening in, in that situation. No Jones, 
you know, Daisy obviously late, so you got Shoemaker and Goddard coming in, and you know it was really on Jacob to lead that back line, be the voice, yep. be the general, and it was a test for him because you know you're coming up against a stupidly good forward line, um, and you know there's not too many one on one battles these days like there used to be. It's a lot of a zone type setup, but yep. that matchup was definitely all day Jacob on Josh Kennedy, and I thought he like just like bathed him in every sense of, of the word. Yeah, well, Josh had a couple of shots early in the in the first quarter and kicked three behinds or whatever, but did, did he kick a goal after that? I don't think no, he did. No, well, he kicked Josh one goal. He got a cheap one at the end. I was spewing for, for, for Jacob because it would have yeah. been nice to um, to just to just have him goalless. But I just thought he was, in terms of, you know, Tiki talks a lot about, you know, do your job. I thought Jacob did his job. As did good his as, job, yeah, yeah, wonderfully yesterday. He probably wanted to be our, one of our better players yesterday, but just won't get the credit because he hasn't got the stats to back it up. Oh well, I actually, I actually gave him a a vote. So my votes were, my votes were three to Walsh, two to Newman, and one to Jacob. That's how I put the three, two, one. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably give the three to Newman, two to Walsh, and then one to Jacob. Yeah, I had my choice. Yeah, Newman. Unbelievable game, oh, man. man. He scored four goals, you know, well, like, from the half-back line. He kicked yeah. 10, of his, 10 of his career, you know what I mean? They kicked four in one game. Yeah. Well, if you look at it tactically, well, that's a masterstroke by Teggy. The, the way he positioned Newman, uh, that's yeah. – and when you kick four goals and you're a half-back flanker, that's not fluke. That's – Nah, nah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, that's coaching. That's co- coaching. I mean, obviously, he's got a finish and good on him. He executed well done. Um, but I really like that, um, you know, the – the lack of chase from Rioli and, and Ryan when when the ball was going the other way is, is something that Teague identified. And that's probably something just oh, – watch this space, mate. Uh, that's probably something that some sides will use um, come finals time because that, that was one thing that sort of happened that was so random that it was like, wow. Like, and again, it's the case for Teague again. Another reason like what he's been able to add to his, to his repertoire. Yeah, I agree. Nick Nick Newman would have to, you know, like Sauce has copped a lot of stick, mate. But if this is Sauce's work, like it's for a future fourth rounder, it's not a bad pickup. You know, Newman and Petrisky seating off that half back line have got a few years to go. You know. Yeah, man. So, so when so I just want to ask you when when Doc comes back. I mean, he's going to play in the half back line. I would assume again. So, how, how do you utilize Newman when Doc is there? Yeah, look, if you can recall. I, 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 I remember Doc, you know, towards that that year where he obviously had, you know, was averaging twenty eight plus touches a game. You know, he had that ability to sort of play on ball a little bit. If you remember, he had that ability to pinch hit in the midfield. So obviously, coming off a knee rake, I don't see that happening, which is why, you know, Daisy Newman, Doc, and Simo is just not going to work. So it's a bit of a tough question, mate. To be honest, how, how it's going to be utilised, but I. I at the moment, the way Nick Newman's playing, his role, I probably wouldn't be changing it too much because he's so effective. You know, his ability to intercept Mark, he's got a nice left foot on him. And obviously yesterday he was managed at the scoreboard, but he's also quite accountable with his with whoever he's playing on too. So I don't think we change much with Nick Newman. I think we're just going to try and adapt a little bit to bringing Sam Doherty back in the team. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that answers the question. Or yeah, not, but... no, no, it does, it does. Um, and as for the, the Kate Simpson situation uh i know we, we spoke about it a few weeks ago but uh what do you think about him playing on next year oh i'd love him to play on mate I, I, you know what his last month has been incredible like he's just you can never ever question his commitment to the contest like, mm-hmm. he just puts his body on the line and he gives it absolutely everything he's got and he's a great role model for those kids when you want to talk about effort you know and 
been at the football club a long time. It's going to be a tough decision, mate. But um, and I think I said this other week, he's not a player, you know, if we want to sign him on with no guarantees of, you know, football next year in the seniors, he's not a player I want to see down at Northern Bullions, mate. He's, 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 he just warrants too much respect to, to, to have that, you know, finish his career up in that way. Yeah, man. Yeah. What are your, what are your thoughts? How, I'm a little bit more brutal than you, mate. Uh, I'm... I'm well, okay. When we talk about it's either really got to be Daisy or Simo, yeah? Yeah. Right? If we're talking about and the age is irrelevant, who, who do you keep? Well, the age is irrelevant. I think that's the big deciding point. Why is it irrelevant? It has to be relevant, no? Of course it is relevant. But are we only saying we want Daisy to go on because, because he's the younger of the two? But Simo's probably the better footballer still right now. You know what I mean? Has that ability to get 25, 30 touch. Daisy doesn't get near those numbers. Doesn't have near that impact. Mm, and how many how many years has Daisy got left? I'd rather honestly, if we were to say one of the two can play on next year for one more year, because Daisy's probably not going to go around two. I'd rather Simo than Daisy for one more year. Yeah, so I look at it the other way around. So I think I think uh, I think Daisy. This is how I see it. If you look at the the, the above the over thirty year olds in the team, um, I'm looking at uh, Daisy Murphy and Simo. You kind of got to you kind of got to like manage the the exit. Right, so I, I think I think Daisy's got two to three years left, to be honest. Because really, got, I don't know. Yeah, about that. I don't he's know missed. About that. Well, he's missed two years of football. Yeah, um, yeah, and so that that's two years of, of you know stress on his body that it doesn't have. But uh, if I had to guess with Daisy, he's probably got two. If I had to guess with with best case scenario, let's say two. I think with Simo, best case scenario one. I think with Murph, best case scenario three. So yep. for me, I'm thinking from a list management point of view, I don't want to lose two or three of them in the one year. So if it was, if it, I'm thinking, you know, maybe Simo this year, Daisy next year. Sorry, Simo next year, Daisy year after, Murph the year after, if that makes sense. Yeah. I don't know if I sort of, I agree with what you're saying in terms of managing the exit, but. And also. At the same time though, Daisy might only have one year left. You know what I mean? And we've got a lot of a lot of players coming through who are going to fill that position. So Daisy might be able to play for two more years, but in that second year, he might not be best positioned to be in that 22. All right. Put it this way. How quickly can we win a premiership? Best case scenario. I think it's within five years. What's the earliest? Three. Two to three. Two to three. The earliest is two to three. Well, I think so, yeah. I agree. Uh, in that case, Simo's got to go. Yeah, are we are we being serious? I know, I know, nostalgia is big, and as a servant of the footy club, but the club's always bigger than the individual. Um, it's time to put someone in that position that's going to be in that Premiership team. Yeah. So if you want to, Daisy's someone... got two years left. I think has he? Yes. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if he does. To be honest. He's thirty. He's thirty-two. Simo's thirty-four. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, but Simo's had a lot of, you know, Simo's got the durability too, you know, you can never question that. And Simo, Simo right now, right now is the better player. If you want to talk about this year, who's had the better year, Simo's had the better year. I, I don't, don't, I don't, I don't, I don't even think it's debatable. I don't, even, I don't think it's that, I don't think it's, I think it's a lot closer than what you're making it out. Simo had a pretty poor, you know, three, four, five week period just before this two, three weeks that's just happened. Yeah, but how often is Daisy impacting games compared to what Simo does, man? Simo, Daisy doesn't really impact games all that often. He might play a bit more of a different role or whatever, but mm. he doesn't impact games like Simo. 
yeah, yeah. I think, I, just... I, think, I think the age, I think the age, which is relevant, I agree, is 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 the, is this too much of a factor to, you know, in favour of Daisy? But yeah. I, I, honestly, if we're talking, if we had to choose between one for one more year, I think I'd give it to Sim over. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. The um, other one I want to talk to you about was um, what did you make yesterday of the Andrew Phillips Tom Hickey matchup? I thought I thought Hickey got the chocolates, mate. Very easily. Yeah, I, I thought I thought Phillips was quite disappointing yesterday. Yeah, yeah. I um I thought he competed and well done, but uh, for me the Phillips situation is like this. He's basically <laughs> he's basically filling in the time. He's the conduit, the link yeah. bet- between Cruiser and Tom DeConning. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So. You know, when he comes in, I just expect him to just crack in. He did win the hit out count yesterday, but again, that's yeah. But Hickey, Hickey, Hickey killed him when the ball went to ground. Yeah, he did. He had a few clearances in that yesterday, man. I also I saw moments yesterday where Oscar Allen was in the ruck and he jumped over Phillips, which yeah. I thought was just an absolute no no. Yeah, I just didn't think uh, Phillips gave out the midfielders the best opportunity yesterday, which was probably one battle that we clearly lost. Yeah. I thought that was a battle we clearly lost. Yeah, for sure. So what I want to do, I'm going to read out to you the out-of-contract players that are remaining. Yeah. And I want you to just tell me yes or no, would you re-sign? Not, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how many years, just yes or no. Yeah. And I will count out how many could be gone. So for me, we know that Jared Pickett's off the list and we have to count him because he was on the list this yep. year. So there's yep. one. Yep. Um, Jack Silvani. Yes. Kate Simpson. Yes. Matt Kennedy. Yes. Darcy Lang. No. Angus Shoemaker. No. How Jar- old is Angus Shoemaker? 22 or 23. Is he? I'll yeah. say no. Jared Garlett. No. Caleb Marchbank. Yes, absolutely. Nick, Nick Newman. Absolutely. Matthew Loby. No. Andrew Phillips. No. Paddy Kerr. <sighs> is he out of contract? Yeah. Fuck, he's probably the most hard done by bloke at the footy club. Yeah, he's out for the season with a shoulder. Yeah, so. I know. Yeah, he's just so hard done by. Like, he's never going to get into that team. So I, I, I got to say no. It da- hurts me because I like him. Daisy Thomas. I'm going to say no. Mick Gibbons. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Love him. Levi Casbolt. Oh, if you asked me six weeks ago, <laughs> I would have fucking gone down to Carl and opened the door for him to get out of there. <laughs> I thought he was actually pretty average yesterday. Uh, yeah. Look, oh, oh, he's 29. Fucking hell. I'm going to say no, bro. Okay. Kim LeBoy? No. Nah. I'll fucking answer that for you, mate. <laughs> um, Hugh Goddard? Yes. Rookie. Matthew Cottrell? Uh, how old is he? He's only young, isn't he? Was he with one we got with the Gibbons, yeah? Yeah. yeah. To your, um, he's actually had a couple of good games in the twos. Uh, if you could rookie list him, I would, yeah, but I wouldn't give him a senior place. Okay. And uh, Josh DeLuca? Ooh. I know it's hard. It's early. You've only seen two, three games of him. Yeah, I'd probably keep him for a year just because yep. he's one you can have in the Northern Blues. Yep. So that's 11 players. Who are going? Who who are going, according yeah. to you know what you've just said. Now, I agree yeah. with... I agree with all of them except for Levi. Levi. I think you can. Well, I mean, unless you want to talk about trading him and using him as trade bait. Um, if you can get a second round pick for Levi Caspot, I think you take that. Like if Gold Coast come knocking and say, hey, uh, we need some big boys up here, and we'll give you a second round pick for him. Yeah, but how would we trade him? What do you mean? I, well, his contract. He's out of contract. Sign and trade, you know. Yeah, but I don't think. Why would a club do that? Nick, you know no, I mean? Sydney did it with Nick Newman. He was out of contract. 
they signed and traded him. Yeah, for a future fourth rounder. Well, You're not going to get a, no club's going to pay for a second. No one's going to pay a second rounder for Levi Casbolt, bro. Okay, well I'll take a That's future. I'll take a future second round pick for Levi. I don't think they'd even pay a future second rounder. It's yeah. not worth a second rounder. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so that's yeah, eleven players now. Yep. That's. That's an exodus, mate. That's that's a Brendan Bolton list cut. That's, you know, that's a uh, we've turned over 42 plays in three years type, you know, uh, conversation. Yeah, well, how many draft picks have we got coming entering to this draft where they're actually in our hand ready to be used? I believe it's three. Yeah, so it's three. Um, you might bring in a maybe one or two free agents. And you also might put, you know, someone like a Matty Owies on the senior list or a DeLuca on the so Matty Owies isn't, isn't on the Carlton list? No, because he's a Category B rookie. Okay. So he's not on the senior list yet. We we would need to elevate him Yep. Um, in order to, yeah. So again, you know, you obviously you, you play around with it. You've got 11 guys that you, you say, right, you're out. Then you've yep. got Owies you might elevate. I think we will actually. I quite like how he's developing. Um, then there's 10, you know, DeLuca. Then there's nine. Then, you know, Cottrell, maybe you keep him on. Then there's eight. Um, I believe Goddard is another one that's on the rookie list. I yes. could be, I could yeah, be wrong. Him, him and what's that bloke's name from Melbourne we picked up? It was at GWS. Tom, Tom Bug. Yeah, Tom Bug. I'm pretty sure they came at the uh, same time. Yep. So, uh, yeah, uh, I, I, it's going to be another very yeah, important off-season. Yeah, very, very important off-season, man. Uh, I think we probably just need to get a fill-in Ruckman. That's got to be on the... On the agenda. What's what kind of when you say fill in Ruckman, you obviously mean to replace Matty Loby. Um, so yeah. that would mean someone that can actually play if need be, because we know yeah. Phillips Phillips loves missing time with a quad. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, what kind of age profile are you looking at? Because is yeah, it someone you only tough. need for a year? Like, is it? Yeah, a, yeah probably you know, need it for a year. So therefore, Ryder. Therefore, you'd say, I think Phillips would probably get another contract. Yep. I don't think you go for a rider, man. If you if you bring it in rider, he's playing twenty two games. You know what I mean? Is he's he? Pl- yeah, because he's well, 30, 31, 32 that's now. That's all right, though. That's all right. So same age as Cruiser. You're younger. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So like, you're not going to play Cruiser and rider. No. But you're not going to have rider sitting in the, like he he he'd walk into ninety percent of the AFL clubs, bro. As as, as as number one ruckman. Yeah, so you think maybe it's uh, a... I think, I think it's just Phillips. I think you just keep Phillips for that year. Yeah, and it's I mean, I think this time, 12 months from now, Tom DeConning's ready to... You Absolutely. Know, if Cruiser and Phillips were injured and couldn't play, Tom could play next year. Yeah, I would, I would, I would think in 12 months... You'd probably throw him into the, the deep end a little bit, but, you know... I love the kid, man. I think he's full of talent, bro. Oh, so. my God. What, yeah, what I, a I kid. Really what a, I left meeting him thinking... Oh my God! I know exactly why Sauce drafted him. Like I know exactly why they said I want him at the club. Like, and, the, what, and what was that, mate? Just the character of him. He, yeah. he, the character of the kid, young kid, in a in a big family. Understood. You can't take that for granted, mate. Oh, coming from a um, a big family, not myself, but him coming from a big family and a they, good family with good a, values. Yeah, and they would have had to have done it tough at some point. You can't have ten siblings, ten <laughs> brothers and sisters, yeah. and live like you in the Taj Mahal. You know what I mean? It doesn't work like that. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't so work like that. he always, he always, every time I'd bring up, you know, something about why do you do this, and you know, tell me a little bit about this. It all it always came back to the family, and you know the opportunity that's in front of him and he's like, I just, I get to play footy every day and I've got to take my parents. They drove me to the games every week and yeah. the sacrifices. And it's just, 
the, the yeah, you know, I, I'm not a list manager, but I'm a pretty, I think I'm a pretty decent judge of character. And I thought yes. he was just a high quality person. And that's what I like about drafting talent. You know, I think someone like even a stalker is a high quality character. Oh, absolutely. Just adds chinks in their armor, doesn't it? Like, yeah, yeah. Because they've got values, you know what I mean? Like you talk about Tom DeConnie, you know, always going back to the fees. Like he's been brought up with great values and great morals. Yes. And then you're talking to someone like Liam Stocker, a little bit different, but he, he's experienced something at a young age that 95% of young people don't experience. And that's moving overseas and, you know, having to grow up a little bit quicker, you know? So, again, more values and character. 100%. 100%. No, I really... Really, I'm excited to see how that plays out, but I'm really excited to see who we get into this footy club, mate. Yeah. Who's who's the um, who's the? I mean, there's coaches, there's players. Can we just? I mean, there was there were rumours that how's this, bro? Yeah, I know what you're gonna say. <laughs> Michael Voss at the Carlton luncheon. Who comes up with that? Did you see the Carlton cheese squad reply reply to that lady yeah, on Twitter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I tagged Jimmy in it today. I was yeah. telling him about it. He's like. <laughs> He messaged me today saying, oh, the, the noise about Voss is getting louder and louder. And, and then I sort of said, well, where's it coming from sort of thing? And he was saying, oh, apparently he was fucking at some lunch. Oh, he said something. And then I remember seeing that last night on the Carlton Ch- 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 where some lady was going bananas over something that wasn't even true. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But she's making a big deal out of it. And it's not even true. Yeah. And people are seeing it. And, you know, I've already seen on the Carlton. This, this is literally half an hour ago on the Carlton page as I see. Rumours about Michael Voss getting louder. And I scroll down, same page. Rumours are David Teague will be signed this week. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking to myself, <laughs> and it's got like 40 comments. I'm like, surely everyone's not this deluded. Yeah, yeah. We, we, I just I just worry a little bit about the way that we, our supporters, um, I just I just worry about it, you know? I really worry about, like, like how do we get sucked into this? Like, use your brain. What do you mean? Michael Voss, like there's, no, just, there's no what? decision made until the end of the season, mate. Yeah, well, but like, you know. what do you reckon Michael Voss rocking up to the Carlton President luncheon with his Port Adelaide polo top on, you know? Like, oh, no. <laughs> like I don't know, mate. Those uh, Carlton pages can be quite toxic, eh? Like, they're fucking, can be shocking sometimes. Not the Blue Abroad, though. The Blue Abroad is purely only official and official only. <laughs> <laughs> Except for uh, when Blue Abroad tries to uh, step out of his lane and get into the rumour business and gets no, it no, totally no. wrong, bro. Uh, totally wrong. Well, that's why you got to be careful who you trust, my friend. Yeah, no, I, uh, I like I said, I've, uh, I've copped a bit of flack. And well, deservedly so. You put yourself out there, you put your name to something. And and, and I, I actually learnt a lot about that from our man Kane Corns. I know that he cops a lot of shit from Carlton supporters, myself included, but I listened to his interview uh, with Damien Barrett on the Damien Barrett podcast. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about, you know, Damien was asking him, is there any, are there any moments in your, you know, your short media career that you sort of wish you could have back? And he, he spoke about, he did a radio segment called, uh, I can't remember what it was called, but the point of it was, it was a rumor segment on the radio. Of what it, risky yeah, business. risky business. That's exactly what Damo said, and he, and he said he heard a rumor that Freo were going to go after Paddy Cripps, and it was going to be a swap for for Nat Fife. And he said it was just a rumor. And then the next day, it was all over social media. Someone had photoshopped a Freo jersey on Cripps, and and obviously got the um, the legs. And the Carlton supporters were completely, you know, obviously you know what we're like with our champions. And yeah, yeah. So he said, I wish I didn't do that because even though it was a rumor segment, once you put your name to anything. Your name is there, and it's it comes from you. So let that be 
a lesson. <laughs> Let that be a lesson. Well, you know what the problem is these days, mate? And, and I, I see this off the, the great Denzel Washington. Yes. Is that the media, people, it's about being first, not being correct. You know what I mean? Everyone wants to be the first. Mm-hmm. Everyone wants to be the one that breaks the news, you know? And Kane Corns wanted to be that person, even though it was a rumor. Mm-hmm. You know, he wanted to be that person who put his name to it and copped the right whack. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, yeah. Uh, in other news, I'm just reading that um, Mason Cox is out for the rest of the year and after undergoing eye surgery. Wow. Yep. So That's massive. Just, just there, there, mate. Just Yeah, I'm on Twitter right now and it just came out. And, yeah. So I don't think Collingwood can win this year, bro. Bro, look at the in- Can we talk about the injury list at Collingwood? Yeah, they've got a few issues. They've got a few issues, man. They who's winning it? Who, who's, who's winning the flag? It's either got to be West Coast or Richmond. Uh, will they uh, be your grand finalist? You don't think Geelong can get their form back? Nah, I don't think so, mate. I think they just peaked too early, eh? Mm. They've got to, you know, listen to the radio this morning. Jimmy Bartol's talking to him about him, and he reckons that, you know, they're not moving the ball as quick as what they were earlier in the year, which is obviously probably a factor. But at the moment, Fremantle just wanted that game more than Geelong on the weekend, bro. That's all it was. Fremantle wanted that game, and their commitment an effort to the contest was as good as you'll see it. And they deserve to win. And Geelong, you know, and I, I watched that game and I thought to myself, well, hey, if you want to beat Geelong, just go at them hard. That's, that's how I looked at it. Just mm. go at them hard. Because you know what? Patrick Davidson, where was he on Saturday, bro? Mm-hmm. Where was he? Yeah. And yep. that's been my knock on him probably for the last two or three years. You recruit a Patrick Dangerfield, like a Carlton recruit, a Stephen Cornelio. We're, we're recruiting a Stephen Cornelio to win us a flag. Yep. Do you know what I mean? They recruited Patrick Dangerfield, who was then the best player in the competition. He's arguably right now top five in the league. Mm-hmm. Probably not even arguably. You know what I mean? And he has to be the one that delivers for them. So when the chips get tough, I'm expecting Paddy Dangerfield to be the one, especially come finals. If they're having moments when they're out of the game, Paddy Dangerfield has to be the one that lifts them. Yep. You know, we talk about NBA and superstars and all that. They, people buy superstars to win them a championship. And yeah. They don't deliver. They're the ones that cop the criticism. I agree with you. And that's why I think we're in such a really interesting position now because, you know, I know, you know, you and I have been on the uh, the journey from the beginning of this rebuild. And, you know, now we're finally starting to see some light. And now what we've got is we've got so many young assets now. Um, and, you know, we're not a club that, I mean, if you compare it to the Premier League, we're not a Man City. We're a, um, I guess you could call us, who's a, who's a team in the Premier League that developed the players from the youth? Who's that? Well, Arsenal. Uh, Arsenal? To be one. Yeah, they're, yeah. They're so to... we've yeah. got our boys. So, you know, if we, and, you're, and you've actually, you're right, you have raised this point. Why go out and get the big fish? doesn't always pay off. It doesn't pay off. doesn't pay off. Um, if Richmond win it this year, yep. that'll be the first ever big free agent that a club has acquired that mm-hmm. has won them a flag. Like pay them the big money, the big, pay the big them contract. The, the big, big, big dollars. Like I'd rather a Tom Papley at $800,000 over a Stephen Cornelio all fucking day long. Not even a question, bro. Yeah, yeah. Well, we, think... need someone, we need someone to help us take a bit of pressure off Cripps. Mm-hmm. But we're obviously hoping, we know that Sam Walsh is going to evolve into that type of player. Yeah, do we ever. I mean? But like at the moment when Cripps is sort of getting held down, we, we, we're, we're fighting through it now better than ever, like under Teague. Mm-hmm. But to have one more would obviously be a great benefit at $1.4 million a year. Like it just... I'm sorry, mate, but it's not for me. Yeah, it's going to hurt us. It's going to hurt us. The thing with – there's so many angles to this with Cornelio especially because they've got 
next year, Jeremy Cameron and Lockie Whitfield are out of contract. End of next year. Yeah, they've got money issues. I, I, I would, I would have, I would, I think if we got a, a Lockie Whitfield, man, he instantly makes us a contender. I don't know whether Stephen Canelio does. No, no, he does, bro. He's two way runner, kicks goals. He's a jet, bro. He's a. <laughs> <laughs> No, but my point is Dan's been Dan's been poking that forehead of yours for like, way too long. <laughs> no, no, my, my point is this. My point is this. Um, with GWS, someone's offering Cornelio 1.2, 1.3, 1.4 a year. Um, GWS have to match it if they want to keep him. Of course. Yeah, they're not going to match it. They haven't got the money, bro. They have to let Scully go for a fucking second round. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't see them matching that. Or if they do then Whitfield is an absolute lock to leave next year. I don't think he's a lock, man, because... Because you have was... to sign Cameron, no? You have to sign Cameron. Well, there's rumbles of him coming. Oh, oh. They've got money issues, man, and that's why they can't sign anyone to a long-term deal. Like, obviously, Tarano signed during the week. He's only signed a two-year extension. So, like, in a year and a half time, two years' time, we're talking about him coming out of contract. You know? With so, Kelly. With Josh Kelly that year as well, 2021. Yeah, yeah he only signed a two-year deal too, you know what I mean? So, they've obviously got money issues, man. But the thing is, with GWS, like, they lose one. And if they don't match the Cornelio deal, someone's going to trade for him. Like, what are, what are we going to trade for him? A first-round pick's not going to do it for Stephen Cornelio. Mm. you got to trade for him. He's a restricted free agent. So if he leaves and agrees to a contract from us and GWS don't match, we've still got to find a deal that suits GWS. And that's why GWS have a consistent amount of players coming through the door. All these young kids, Harry Perryman, Jacob Hopper, who dominate on the weekend. He's played 30 games of AFL. Adam Trelaw leaves. You know what I mean? They get a first-round draft pick. Taylor Adams leave, they get a first draft It's like a revolving door. They just keep getting young kids through the door and they just keep developing them. They get stars. Yeah, they do. Jacob they Hopper's going to come up again. and Yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of what we have going for us soon because we've got so many young early draft pick midfielders. And we've got a lot of tall stocks too. You know, I still, I still think there's you know, which the, we can get first. You know, or maybe not first round picks for, but early round picks for, or even like I, I just can't see how Gold Coast, for example, or Sydney don't come to us and knock the door and they say, "Hey, we we need a key position defender. You guys have fucking so many of them." Yeah, you know. But who are the ones that you you consider trading? You know what I mean? That's that's the question. I've. I'm, this isn't because I, I don't hate Lockie Plowman. I don't hate. Yeah, him. he's one. He's but, one. But yeah. if if it's if we're talking about them paying overs to get a Lockie Plowman, they say have pick, have a pick fourteen. Oh. I, I, I don't think anyone's doing that for Lockie Plowman, though, bro. That's the thing. Like, I don't think he has that value. I don't think he has the value to to warrant that. Yeah, but sometimes you've got to pay overs to get your guy, like Adelaide yeah, but did. I don't. I don't know if Lockie Plowman's ever going to be the guy for another club that they're going to be wanting. Mm. I don't. I don't see that with Lockie Plowman. Mm. Interesting. It's an interesting conversation. Well, like Sydney yeah. today, apparently going up to Joe Danaher. I don't know if you heard. Confirmed. that. Confirmed. So I was going to tell you on Twitter. They. Yeah. John Longmire confirmed that Tom Harley met with Joe Danaher. Yeah. Oh, I'd love. I'd love there to be an Essendon Exodus. Just a, <laughs> a, a knife through the middle of their stupid scum football club. <laughs> Bunch of dogs. Oh, I fucking hate him, mate. Hate him with a passion. Joe Dunnerhurst like an interesting one. You know, he's barely played football for two years. I wouldn't be throwing the kitchen sink at him. Yeah, well, a team like Sydney would because they need a forward target with marketing appeal and that yeah. kind of thing. But he's, but he's, you know, I'm, I'm not writing him off, but he's on the he's way. He's on the out. way down. Yeah, yeah he's, he's on the way down. He's yeah. on that downward curve. So, 
um, yeah, it's it's interesting. Yeah, it's going to be fucking a real interesting off-season, mate. It's going to come down to Sauce working his magic. And I'll say, strap yourself in, mate, because I think there's madness coming. Yeah, yeah, that's silly season. It's upon us, mate. Silly season. season. All right, my man. Great to have you on. Great discussion, as always. And um, I'm sure I'll speak to you throughout the week. And go the mighty blue boys, eh? See you, pal.